This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number one of Surah Al-Shura, page number 480 of the, the Sahih International Translation that we're using. <clears throat> أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حاميم قاف كذلك يوحي إليك وإلى الذين من قبلك الله العزيز الحكيم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وهو العلي العظيم تكاد السماوات يتفطرن من فوقهن والملائكة يسبحون بحمد ربهم والملائكة يسبحون بحمد ربهم ويستغفرون لمن في الأرض أَلَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِنْ دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهُ حَفِيظٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَمَا أَنْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِوَكِيلٌ وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لِتُنْذِرَ أم القرى ومن حولها وتنذر يوم الجمع لا ريب فيه فريق في الجنة وفريق في السعير ولو شاء الله لجعلهم أمة واحدة ولكن يدخل من يشاء في رحمته والظالمون ما لهم من ولي ولا نصير أم اتخذوا من دونه أولياء فالله هو الولي وهو يحيي الموتى فالله هو الولي وهو يحيي الموتى وهو على كل شيء وما اختلفتم فيه من شيء فحكمه إلى الله ذلكم الله ربي عليه توكلت وإليه أنيب فاطر السماوات والأرض جعل لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا ومن الأنعام أزواجا يذرأكم فيه ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير له مقاليد السماوات والأرض يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء ويقدر إنه بكل شيء عليم شرع لكم من الدين ما وصى به نوحا والذي أوحينا إليك وما وصينا به 
وما وصينا به إبراهيم وموسى وعيسى أن أقيموا الدين ولا تتفرقوا فيه كبر على المشركين ما تدعوهم إليه الله يجتبي إليه من يشاء ويهدي إليه من In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful, we thank Allah for giving us this opportunity to be here, to read His word, and to try and understand it. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every one of us. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. May Allah bless them all. Ameen. My mothers and sisters, beautiful days of Dhul Hijjah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the most of these beautiful days. Today we started the beginning, or we started the surah known as Ashura. Shura named after consultation, because as we will see in the coming weeks, the consultation uh, is extremely important in Islam. So where and how to consult and who to consult. That is all discussed in Islam and I think it's important for us to spend some time going through that inshallah perhaps in the next few weeks. This morning we have noticed that the verses have started with separated letters, the meanings of which none knows besides Allah. When you hear ha-meem, separated letters, it's like, uh, you know, alphabetic letters of the Arabic language, no one knows the meaning besides Allah. Ain, Seen, Qaf. No one knows the meanings besides Allah. And obviously, one day when we meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will tell us. Or if we'd like to know, we would get to find out. But for now, even Muhammad says that it is Allah who knows best what they mean. Some people take them and add them and subtract them and start saying they are connected to prophecies and so on. Uh, that is not authentic at all. We don't find that in authentic narration. So we suffice by saying, Allahu bihi fi ilmi. Allah has kept the knowledge of it with him. So that is hamim, ayn, sin, qaf. Notice the mad or the pulling is quite long. So we should be uh, observing that mad or that lengthy pull that we have when reading uh, these separated letters mostly. Allah says, كَذَلِكَ إِلَيْكَ Thus He has revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and He has revealed to those before you, meaning the prophets before you, Allah, the exalted in might, the wise. So there are two things here. Allah has revealed to them because He is the exalted in might and the wise and He has also revealed to them that He is the exalted in might, the wise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-powerful. Nobody, nobody can overpower their own maker. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the powerful. And this is why we ask Allah to help us. We ask Allah to overpower the enemy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us power. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the strength to do that which is good and to protect us from that which is bad. And Allah says He is the wise. The wise meaning all the rules and regulations that He has laid and set forth. We may not understand why they are good for us sometimes because our brains are not perfect. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the perfect, the wise, the owner of wisdom, He knows that if 
you do this, this is how you will end up. And if you do that, then that is how you will end up. So he has laid down rules and regulations, how to live, what to do, how you will lead your life in a way that when you die, you will be in the best possible place. So do not think that these rules are here for nothing. They are, they are here for a reason. And they have been given to us, these instructions literally dished out to us for the best of reasons and Allah knows best. So this is why Allah calls himself the wise, because he is the wise, the wisdom. He knows the future, the present, the past. He knows that which will happen, that which won't happen. If it were to happen, how it would have happened. All this is part of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, to him belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is on earth. And he is the most high, the most great. These are the qualities of Allah. He's reminding us that everything belongs to him, not to us. I, in this little life of mine, perhaps own a vehicle, perhaps I might own a small little property, perhaps I might own, maybe, if I'm lucky, I might have a little bit of food and some money, perhaps here and there. That's it. What about the rest of the items owned by other people? And what happens to the rest, that which the people haven't even got their hands upon, owned by Allah? And even that which I have is the ownership of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but He's just allowed me temporarily to make use of it while I am in this world, subhanAllah. And I've said this so many times that all this is quite a big deception because many people say, oh, you know, people who believe their lives are so depressed and so on. Wallahi, those who do not believe when they die, they are even more depressed. And when they get close to death, because to be honest, they wasted their lives. Life cannot just be for us, uh, you know, to get whatever we can in this world in whatever way we want just to enjoy it. No. And this is why even the wealthiest of the wealthy do not really enjoy everything the way they want it. They may have a few pleasures here and there, but it is all in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ultimately, he who pleases Allah shall definitely be pleased. Because Allah is the owner of all pleasure. He's the owner of happiness. Everything that would be pleasing to us, He can give it to us. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He is telling us that He owns everything. You own absolutely nothing. At the end of the day, you don't even own yourself. Because He takes you away against your will. Do you know what that means? Who wants to die? Very few people who are believers have surrendered to the will of Allah. Okay, Allah, whatever you will, it, we, we, we surrender to it. But at the end of the day, if you ask someone, would you like to die here and now? If Allah wants to take you away, the proper answer is, look, if Allah wants to take me away, then we surrender to His will. That's the proper answer. But people will say, no, 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 I don't want to go. Not yet, I still have children. Or I still need to get married, I need to have kids. And I need to do this and I need to see them getting married and I need to see them have children. And then I need to see those children get married and then I need to see them having children. And then I need to see them getting married and then I need to see them having children. Then maybe I might think of dying. But by that time, one of my great-great-granddaughters would be expecting and I'd just like to see her deliver as well. Allahu Akbar. This is the type of thinking man has. So Allah says, we do you a favor. You have no choice when you're going to be born, when you're going to die. It's up to us. And this is why he who commits suicide, there is a grave warning for such people because, and obviously because, you are now taking it into your own hands, trying to defy Allah, although Allah knew where and how things were going to happen because that's part of his knowledge. But 
The defiance of Allah through our choice is something that is punishable. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and forgive all the believers and forgive those who did not know what they were doing when they did some things of that nature. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. My mothers and sisters, if we take a careful look at these verses, Allah is telling us how great He is. He says, the heavens almost break from above them and the angels exalt Allah with praise of their Lord and ask forgiveness for those on earth. Unquestionably, it is Allah who is the forgiving, the merciful. Now, why does Allah say the heavens almost break from above? They almost shatter. With what? With what is happening on earth, the sins that are being committed, the statements being made that Allah has a son and Allah has a wife and Allah has a mother and a father. People say all sorts of weird things. Allah is a creature and Allah is like this and Allah is like that. And Allah says, Takadu samawatu yatafattarna min fawqihinna. The skies are about to burst above them. Allahu Akbar. Look at, the, look at what they're doing. We do good to them, they do bad back. We give them and they don't want to obey. We have blessed them and they make statements of blaspheme against us as a result. This is Allah. He's telling us that He owns everything. He owns you and I. He owns us all. And Allah says, whatever is on earth and in between the heavens and the earth and the heavens and the earth, Allah owns. He is the most high, the most great. Don't be mistaken. You cannot escape from him. You cannot run away from Allah. Now people might start losing hope. Hey, I've done so much bad. And you know, it's true. And the skies bear witness against me. The air bears witness against me. The jacarandas that are out there bear witness against me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Don't worry, the jacarandas will disappear in a few months. Maybe even less, perhaps a few weeks. Yesterday there was a brother from South Africa who I met, and we, or this morning at Fajr, and we were talking about how beautiful the season is, and it was so cool and lovely, mashallah, like we said, arguably the best weather in the whole world, alhamdulillah. But you know what? I told him the jacarandas look so beautiful, but you know the pollen and everything, this is the season of flu and hay fever and so on. So mashallah, with everything that's sweet and smart comes a test of Allah. If Allah wanted, He wouldn't have kept it that way. You know, you begin to sneeze sometimes in the mornings because of the season and because of all these, you know, the pollen in the air. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all good health. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. To look after our own health, my mothers and sisters, it is our duty to eat healthy, to remain healthy, to exercise a bit, to have the blood circulate and to ensure that we look after the amana and the trust known as the body that was entrusted to us and we're only going to be within it for a short period of time, then Allah takes the body back. So before that, inshallah, we must make sure we've looked after that amana that Allah has given us by, you know, trying our best to be healthy, as healthy as possible and not being lazy in that regard. Amin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, their deeds, the, what they used to do, especially the statements that they've been uttering against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such as their statement that Allah has a son. Allah says that is so heavy. It's heavy upon the, the skies and it's heavy upon the earth. Even the earth can't handle it and even the skies and the heavens cannot handle it. So Allah says, Takadu samawatu You know, in another verse, Allah says, even the mounts would crumble, the mountains, the earth would crack up, split, and the skies would split as well. And in this verse, Allah says, the heavens almost break from above, from above them. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us.
And the angels exalt Allah with praise. They keep on praising Allah and saying, Oh Allah, forgive those people on the earth. Forgive those people on the earth. Imagine this verse is evidence that the angels are asking Allah to forgive myself and yourselves. Wow. How fortunate are we? The angels are saying, Oh Allah, forgive those on earth. The angels are praising Allah. They are declaring the praise of their Rabb, their, their Lord. And they are asking istighfar. They are asking forgiveness for those on earth. So this is why Allah's mercy obviously is being seen by us. Allah is so merciful. Many reasons. One of them is here the angels are, are seeking forgiveness on our behalf. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says unquestionably, Allah is the forgiving, the merciful. Allahu Akbar. Unquestionably. Unquestionably, undoubtedly, Allah is the one who is most forgiving, most merciful. Mothers and sisters, don't we have hope when we read something like this, when we see something like this, where Allah is saying undoubtedly, never doubt the fact that Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. You have angels praying for you. How fortunate are you? And you pray yourself. You ask forgiveness yourself. And Allah is telling you. In the previous verse, He warns us. Or in the same verse, He warns us how, uh, you know, the earth cannot handle it or should I say the heavens cannot handle it in this particular verse and then Allah says but he is most forgiving most merciful so seek forgiveness from your bad ways and habits before you go back to Allah or before the punishment overtakes you may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and thus we have revealed to you an Arabic Quran that you may warn the mother of cities the mother of cities is Mecca it's known as Umm al qura Umm al-Qura, the mother of cities, one of the names given to Mecca al-Mukarramah. It is an ancient city dating back to the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his son Ismail alayhi salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in fact, before we get to that verse number seven, verse number six, Allah says, and those who take as allies or protectors or awliya besides Allah, those who take as allies or protectors or awliya, the word used is awliya, and I like to use that word itself. Those who take awliya besides Allah, those who take allies, protectors, or awliya besides Allah, Allah is yet the guardian over them. So Allah is the guardian over them, and they are taking others besides Allah as guardians. Now here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning those who worship others besides Allah, who consider as guardians those besides Allah. And Allah is saying, Allah is the guardian over you and over them as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are not over them a manager. You're not a manager. You are not answerable for their deeds. You are only a messenger who, who has to give the message. And you are the highest of the prophets, the best of creation, etc., etc. But we are not going to penalize you because they reject. No. If they reject, it's up to them. It is their responsibility. So my mothers and sisters, we call ourselves, we are actually fortunate. We call ourselves the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah. But what we do, can Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be held responsible for that? Today, Islam, people are using the name of Islam really to kill so many people across the globe 
and they're saying, no, we are good Muslims. You know, just because you have a beard and you're wearing a hijab does not make you a good Muslim. There, there is so much to it. And people use Islam in order to attack. Do you think Muhammad is responsible for that? No, he did not teach that. He is free from that. Subhanallah. So it's up to us to practice the religion exactly how Muhammad brought it. And in order to do that, we would need to learn. And we would need to learn from reliable sources, not just from anyone on the street and anyone who thinks they can understand verses and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So Allah says, those who take allies other than him, Allah is yet guardian over them. And you, O Muhammad wasallam, are not over them a manager. Then he says, Thus we have revealed to you an Arabic Quran that you may warn the mother of cities, Mecca, and those around it. So the initial warning was for those in Mecca, those around Mecca, and Muhammad was given the Quran in Arabic, obviously because he was born amongst the Arabs. So the messengers that were sent to their people were sent in the language spoken by the same people. But this message was universal and evidence of it from the time of Muhammad ﷺ, he sent messengers all the way to the different regions around the Arabian Peninsula and the continents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand the message of Muhammad ﷺ, learn it and put it into practice and convey it to others. Ameen. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and those around it, meaning those around Mecca. And he revealed to you the Quran in Arabic to warn of the day of assembly. The day everyone will be gathered, the day of gathering, Yawm al-Jam'i, the day, the day of judgment, the day of assembly, about which there is no doubt. There is no doubt whatsoever that you will all be assembled. I want to stop there for a minute. There is no doubt that we all shall die. That even the atheist, agnostic, those who believe, those who don't believe, everybody has to admit a day will come when you shall die. Okay, may Allah make it easy for us. So they will die. Now the dispute with them is what's going to happen thereafter. So some of them we spoke about it last week, what they believe and they say this and they say that and they say all sorts of different things. But to be honest, Allah says you will be gathered. We are taught that you will be gathered. You know, you lose a loved one in this world. It's not the end of everything. If you lead your life properly, you will be united with that loved one a little bit later down the line somewhere. It's not like you disappear forever. It, it, it won't be because... Take a look at your children, your family, everyone around you and how close you become to them and what happens. And Allah promises you that if you lead a straight life, you will be gathered and united with them. Those who believed and did good deeds and their families followed with the belief and good deeds, we will unite them with their families. Allah says it clearly. Imagine you see your son for the last time ever and then when you get into the akhirah, there's no even sign of that son of yours or the daughter of yours. No, Allah is so merciful. If you think you want to see that son of yours, you will see that son of yours. But there are a few conditions. You need to make sure that you are not in prison or he is not in prison. A different type of a prison. Or we may be serving sentences and after the sentence is served, we come out and we see them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May He make us from amongst those who earn paradise without reckoning so we don't need to serve a sentence. And may we never ever be so bad that we serve a whole paragraph rather than just a sentence. May Allah bless us. My mothers and sisters, Allah says, 
There is no doubt regarding the day of assembly. You will be assembled. You will be gathered. You will be asked. There will be questions. There will be so many things happening. And Allah says, Subhanallah, a party will be in paradise and a party will be in the blaze. The blaze. Allahu Akbar. The blaze here referring to Jahannam, referring to hellfire. So choose which party would you like to be in? Well, if you'd like to be in heaven, ask Allah's forgiveness constantly. We're weak, we're insane, we will never be perfect. But what we can do, we can keep asking Allah's forgiveness. We can become, we can humble ourselves. We can, with humility, we ask Allah's forgiveness. We admit all His rules and regulations and we admit our weakness sometimes regarding adopting some of the rules and regulations, not out of defiance, but out of weakness. And we still continue trying our best. We improve as the days pass. And we keep on asking Allah to forgive us, to overlook, because we will never reach perfection. But our aim is to get there. Although we may, we will, pro we will definitely die in the process. And when we say, you know, you're aiming there, and you may never get there, or you will not get there because we are human beings. But the fact that you're aiming there, you're getting closer and closer. And the one who is the closest is the luckiest. The most fortunate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And may He grant us Jannah. My mothers and sisters never become tired of saying Ameen to the du'as. Because you never know which moment is the moment of acceptance of du'a. So every time you hear a du'a, you say Ameen. And every time you have a statement that is made regarding warning of Jahannam or warning of something bad and evil, you make your own little du'a. Oh Allah protect us, oh Allah save us and so on. And every time you hear something good, you say, oh Allah, grant it to us. Make it easy for us. Grant it to us without reckoning. Don't embarrass us. Do not uh, disgrace us on the day of assembly. Allah calls it Yawm al-Jam'ah. What a beautiful name. Yawm al-Jam'ah. The day of the gathering. Everyone is going to be brought together. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a party in paradise and a party in the blaze. Then Allah says, and if Allah willed, He could have made them of one religion, but He admits whom he wills into his mercy and the wrongdoers have not any protector or helper now Allah is telling us in this verse again that he is testing us that's why he created us look if Allah is telling you that had he willed he would have made everyone of one religion we can go a step ahead and say if Allah willed he would not even have created us he would have left us wherever we were or he could have taken us directly to heaven. But there was something to it that he wanted to come to pass. Why? He knows best. We cannot argue and debate. We are his creatures. We are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what would happen? He decides something that is the final decision. No one has a role to play in his decision making. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if he wanted, he could have made them of one religion. So some people say, well, why didn't he? Well, you cannot ask the question. He knows why. He said, I created you in the first place in order to test you. So if, if Allah wanted, He wouldn't even have created us. He did not need to make us in the first place, but He made us for a reason. And He told us that reason. The reason is, come on to earth, enjoy your life within limits that I have set. And you know what? We will meet on the other side. Subhanallah. Enjoy your life within the limits that I have set. All I want you to do, recognize me during your stay in the world. That's all I want. Just recognize your maker and worship me and me alone. No one else. And then you are fit for paradise. May Allah grant us protection from shirk and from association of partnership with Allah in any way. I mean, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if he willed, he could have made them all of one religion, one deen, one belief, one faith. But he admits into his mercy whomsoever he wills. 
and the wrongdoers have none to blame besides themselves. They have no protector or helper. وَالظَّالِمُونَ مَا لَهُمْ مِنْ وَلِيٍ وَلَا نَصِيرٍ They don't have a wali to protect them and they don't have a nasir to help them. Imagine, look at these words that are used by Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَمِتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ Or, have they taken awliya besides Allah? Is that what they've taken? Is that what they worship? Is that whom they consider guardians besides Allah? Is that whom their protectors are besides Allah? Their allies are besides Allah? Then Allah says, But Allah, Allah, He is the protector. And He gives life to the dead. And He is over all things able and competent. That is Allah. So Allah is trying to say, how can you take awliya besides me when I am the giver of life? I am the protector. I am the one who gives life to the dead. And I am the one who does everything. Nothing is impossible for me. I'm the giver of life to the dead as well. The awliya that you are worshipping, they don't give life to the dead. No. So Allah is giving you a lofty example. And He's warning us once again, loud and clear, straightforward. This is why I always say, if you understand the Arabic language, and you've looked into the meaning of the Qur'an correctly, nobody can fool you regarding belief in Allah. Nobody. None can fool you. Absolutely not. Why? Because the word of Allah is too powerful. He tells you in it what exactly He wants of you. So don't worship any other creature besides Allah and only worship Allah and at the same time understand His power and understand we have no hope but in the mercy of Allah. We have nowhere to run when it comes to Allah. You run from Allah back to Allah. There is no way that you are going away from Allah. He is in total and absolute grip of every one of us and all creatures of His. So Allah says, And in anything over which you disagree, its ruling should be referred to Allah. Did you hear that? Allahu Akbar. If you disagree about anything Allah is telling us, its ruling should be referred to Allah. Whatever. What did Allah say about this? We have a dispute. What did Allah say about this? What did the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam say about this? This instruction may have come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but obviously it seeps through to all of us because we are part of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Allah says, Say, that is Allah, my Lord. Upon Him I have relied, and to Him I turn back. This is a powerful dua if you'd like to make it normally on a daily basis, a few times in the day. You can say, ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبِّي عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَإِلَيْهِ أُنِيبُ ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبِّي عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ That is Allah, my Lord. Upon Him I have relied and to Him I turn back. So if someone's giving you problems, hassles, disagreements, whatever else, you say عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَإِلَيْهِ أُنِيبُ Or you can even say حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ Allah is sufficient for me. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُ None worthy of worship besides Him. I lay my full trust on him. And he is the Rabb, the Lord of the great throne, the great Arsh. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this verse, verse number 10 of Surah Al-Shura, Allah is firstly telling us that your disagreements need to be decided according to the law of Allah. Then he says, remember, say, this is an instruction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say, what should he say? And we can say the same. 
That is Allah, my Allah, my Lord, upon Him I have relied and to Him I turn back. I turn back to Him in everything. I turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in remembrance and in repentance. Al-inaba means to turn back to Allah to become a better person. That is called inaba. So what we are saying, you know, to become better for the sake of Allah, towards Allah. So we are saying here, Allah is my Lord. I rely on Him completely for everything. And I'm trying my best to get as close as I can to him. That's what we're saying. Verse number 11, Allah says, He is creator of the heavens and the earth. He has made for you from yourselves mates. Your spouses are part of you. Your spouses are human beings. You're very lucky. Subhanallah. They're human beings. Imagine spouses that were not human. Mermaids. La ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Allah says He blessed you such that He provided spouses for you from your species, from you, from your own kind. He, he gave you such a big gift. And amongst the cattle, He has also given them mates from amongst them. So if you look at the cattle around, the mates of the cattle are cattle. And from this we understand that you know, crossing to the different creatures in order to mate would be wrong. Absolutely unacceptable. Although it will become a norm within the next 5-10 years, it might become illegal to even say that it's wrong to marry an animal. In a few years' time, it might be illegal to say that. But to be honest, for now, it's not illegal. We're allowed to talk about it. And we will continue reminding people what is right and wrong in whatever way possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Because revelation is sacred. It does not change, it will never change. And we will die still by the will of Allah upon revelation so this is why when Allah says in such a beautiful way that we should thank him that he has made for you from amongst yourselves mates and as for the cattle he made from them their own mates so you don't cross there's no crossing between the two he multiplies you thereby there is a way of reproduction and multiplication that is considered sacred. This is why when you get married, it's the name of Allah. You're taking someone's daughter or you're marrying a certain man and, and it is sacred. There are rules and regulations, laws and rights to be fulfilled. And these rights are completely set from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't just come in and do as you wish. The way you get to your spouse is within the limits of Allah. What you do with your spouse, what you say and how you treat them should be within the limits of Allah. You cannot transgress and go beyond. You've got to treat them as human beings. They have their dignity and respect. They are not animals. They are not cattle. They are not just workers and they are not just unpaid maids as some people used to think. No. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. These are respected, respectful human beings. They have rights to fulfill. The best you are to your spouse, the best you will be considered in the eyes of Allah. Imagine. Have you ever thought of it? When the hadith, the Prophet says, خيركم خيركم The best from amongst you are those best to their ahl. And ahl refers to wives to start with and family to start with, obviously thereafter, uh, the husband as well. So if you are good to your spouse, you are the best of people. Because it's such a big responsibility, it's easier to be kind to your own children than it is to be kind to someone who's just come into your life. And you might just think, hey, no one's watching me. You know, this girl's father's not here. They don't, perhaps they might not have fathers and mothers, depending on the age and depending on what has happened to them and when they've passed on. And even if they do, they're probably far off. No one's watching me. I can say what I want. I can do what I want. All that is absolutely unacceptable. Allah is watching. That's why in the previous verses, He says, you cannot run away from Allah. You cannot. 
He's watching everything. He has the power over everything. You're going to be gathered. You are answerable for whatever you've done. And here he's reminding you about spouses, mates. There is nothing like Allah. You know, this is a powerful verse. Let's see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. He, he speaks about multiplication and reproduction. And he says, He multiplies you thereby. Through your spouses, through your mates, there is a way in which you will multiply. And this is why uh, that which does not result in reproduction and so on, that type of behavior, scripture does not allow it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So he, in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ I think we all need to memorize this. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ Before I translate these verses, or this verse, this portion of the verse, verse number 11. In fact, verse number, yes, 11, the end of it. Before I translate it, let me tell you, Allah in this portion of the verse is making mention of His uniqueness, His qualities, He confirms His qualities and His names. And at the same time, he is telling us that he is totally different from anyone or anything you've ever seen or come across. He can never be the same. He's the highest in example of everything. So he sees. But he's not like, it's not like our seeing. Our seeing is very limited. He hears. But it's not like our hearing and so on. So whatever qualities and names Allah has are unique completely. We have to adopt them. We have to admit. We have to take them to say that yes, Allah has these qualities, these names and so on. But at the same time, we must understand there is nothing like unto Allah. So this is why he says, Nothing is similar to Allah in any way, in any of his names or qualities. Nothing, nothing. So even if you have a messenger or an angel or another creature of Allah or a saint or anything else, whatever they can see, whatever knowledge they have, Allah is always higher, always, completely higher. And if anyone thinks that there is a creature or a saint or a messenger who is similar to Allah or the same like Allah in his names or qualities, they have insulted Allah. This is the verse. This is the verse. Because Allah is telling us clearly, there is another verse in Surah Al-Ikhlas. We know that. It has a similar meaning where Allah is saying, Laysa Nothing similar to Allah. The difference is, meaning nothing is equal to Allah. Nothing is similar to Allah. Allah is always the highest. He is the highest. You know? But in this verse, Allah is saying, no one is like Allah. Nothing like Allah. So someone asks you, you know what? Uh, tell me this about Allah, that about Allah. We can only answer them what is revealed. After that we say, I don't know. I have no knowledge. I haven't yet met Allah. I haven't seen Him. But inshallah we will see Him. But we have to admit that He has qualities and names that we cannot deny. And we will never ever make them similar to others. You know, He can see. But not like what we see. It's totally different. You know, I was sitting and looking at all the creatures of Allah, as many as I could, and their eyes. Yesterday we were looking at mosquitoes and seeing how many eyes they have. They have a whole mesh and net of eyes. How do they see? I don't even know if it's color or it's 3D or it's just black and white and flat or whatever else it is. Or if they just see uh, blood vessels. I don't know. Mosquitoes. That's the only problem with the jacaranda season. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and may He open our doors. Imagine we are frightened of a mosquito. That sound at night can irritate you so badly. And we still don't get up for fajr. Allahu Akbar. Sometimes it's like an alarm clock. It's like an angelic force coming. 
meaning get up for fajr, come on, come on. And we'll slap our ears until they get red and the thing comes back two seconds later. Oh, we missed. And if we do slap it and we get it, guess what? It's on your ear. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us. Imagine. Anyway, getting back to this verse, beautiful verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, He, there is nothing like unto Him, and He is the hearing and the seeing. Did you hear that? وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ So this is the verse, the most powerful that we have today, where Allah is mentioning Himself. Who is He? He, there is nothing like unto Allah, and He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing, the knowing. He knows everything. He is indeed السَّمِيعُ Hearing everything. Al-Basir. He sees everything. And then I want to end on verse number 12. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again mentions how great He is. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannah. And may He have mercy on us in our short stay, during our short stay in this world. So Allah says, To Him belong the keys of the heavens and the earth. You want anything? Ask Allah. To Him belongs the keys of the heavens and the earth. He extends provision for whom He wills and restricts it. What does this mean? He gives whomsoever He wills. So you want provision? Ask Allah. You will never be provided a clean sustenance unless you are trying to have a link with Allah. You may get huge amounts, but they will not bring about any contentment, happiness and so on and so forth. And even if you do have temporary contentment in this world, perhaps you may lose out on the akhirah if you haven't been thinking of your link with Allah and doing something about it. So this is why Allah gives us a reminder to say, you know what, He owns everything. If He's given you anything, He knows He's given it to you and He knows why He's given it to you and He knows how much He's given you and what He will still give you or what He might just take away. It's all up to Him. And the same applies, He restricts Allah restricts it. So people who have had, and suddenly He takes it away. Or people who haven't had, that's probably more uh, closer to the meaning of restrict, where He doesn't give. He stops, He blocks. There you are. So He blocks from whomsoever He wishes. For reasons He knows. He knows why. Some people, when they get a lot, they turn away from Him. Some people, when they have very little, they turn away from Him. And sometimes vice versa. So Allah knows, indeed, He is of all things absolutely knowing. That's how the verse ends. Indeed, He knows everything. It's not a mistake. It's not coincidence. You're not getting it by fluke, by chance. No, Allah knew, Allah knows, Allah allows, Allah restricts. Whatever He wants, He does. That is Allah, the great. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. May He grant us goodness in terms of sustenance. May He open our doors. May He bless our children. May He grant us from the goodness, whatever He has not given us, may He grant us Jannah in return for our patience that we bear in order or, or in that regard. And at the same time, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us in every single way. May He help the Ummah at large and may He guide us. May we be from amongst those who can be flag bearers of peace and justice. And may we be from amongst those who can spread the good message of the deen in the purest possible way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.